What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Calcio Review. I'm Alberto here, and I'm joined by my friend, Louis. Louis, how you doing, my man? I'm good, but this is different. This isn't the all-Juve cast. Am I on the wrong show? What happened today? I know, I know. Look at the bright lights, too. Look at this. Like, it's just, it's it's different here, man. It's it's all Calcio. We're going at all the Chihuahuas today. No, 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 no uh, banter there. We keep it clean here. We keep it professional, but I'm sure... What I've got in store next week, we'll probably have some banter because we're working on a Serie A roundtable as we get ready for round 13, which is going to have some juicy matchups. And the biggest one is probably the most important Derby d'Italia in several years with Juve and Inter. So you bet we're going to have a blast. I'm looking for representatives from all the fan bases, and I've almost got them all locked down as far as all the big clubs go. So we're going to have uh, Napoli covered, Juve covered, Inter covered, Milan covered, and we might even have Lazio covered. So we're going to have some fun with that. But today... We're going to recap quickly round 12 action, what went down. We're going to talk about the news, talking points around the league. We've got the hot minute on three topics today, okay? We got Pioli out, yes or no. We've got Hans Nicolucci Caviglia for Juventus in that big derby. Start or sit if Locatelli can't play. And then Rudy Garcia had to be fired yes or no those are going to be the hot minutes for this show so stay tuned for that and then of course hey the azzurri azzurri are going to be uh facing the, that nemesis man north macedonia tomorrow and then we got ukraine on monday must wins must wins tomorrow we could go level probably take a goal differential lead over ukraine with the big deciding game of who's going to take that second spot on monday hey we got to win them both, and we are definitely going to tackle uh, the Azzurri, all right? But like I said, first things first, we're going to take a look at uh, what we got for uh, round 12 of action. First up was Sassuolo and Salernitana. Man, I had Sassuolo winning this game at home to Salernitana, and uh, I was very, very surprised. They could not get the job done at home. It ended up being 2-2. Uh, Vet ended up getting a brace and an equalizer. Sassuolo just had, I don't even, I lost track of how many attempts that should have been in the back of the net for this side. This side's just, uh, honestly, when you look at everything, for me, they're sitting right where I expect them to be sitting. It's just funny because... Every year, you know, they kind of get talked about like, you know what, they can make that push, they can maybe be in one of those last spots getting in the year, but like, I just, I never see it, I never believe in it, I think they're the team that plays good football, but as far as the results go, it's always uh, Jekyll and Hyde, and uh, this one, I think they're going to be extremely choked about at home with all those chances they had, but uh, your thoughts on Sassuolo? Uh, so, so swallow like, what you mentioned there. They're like a poor man's Brighton. Like you know, like they always they have like a good coach, a good style. Usually, they have a crop of good young players, but it's just never the talent. Just never is enough to get them to like that Europe. You know, at seventh or sixth place. I mean, look at all the coaches they produce: Di Francesco, De Zerbi, You know, uh, now Dionisi, who a lot of people rate. I think though, this team, in compared to some of the other teams we've been so accustomed to since they got promoted. It's a little bit on the weaker side. Um, I think that's part of the reason why Domenico Berardi hasn't moved despite having, you know, interest from bigger Italian clubs. It's because they know that they're maybe not as good as recently. I think this game kind of highlights that same story for the season. Uh, 
a lot of chances. Not you probably walk away even though they scored with two goals, thinking they probably could have four or five. Just not really great and below expectations for them. I, I, they're usually like an upper mid table team, and now they're three points up on the relegation zone. And you just kind of wonder, like maybe they're losing their magic a little bit. And Dainese is someone who I really like. I thought that maybe in a year or two he'd be up for a big job, but I just don't. I don't see it there. Not this yeah. year. It's uh, it's funny with a lot of these coaches too. Dionisi being one of them. Uh, De Zerbi is another one that you know might get uh, this big chance or whatnot. I always say like, yeah, I think they should get a big chance, but I don't necessarily want it to be Juventus when it comes up with Juventus. Like it's funny when I think Juventus, I'm like, we should have a guy with pedigree. Although we did make some hires with guys that didn't necessarily have pedigree. Conte didn't have pedigree when it came to us, etc. And uh, you just never know. But Dionisi's one to watch. But as far as Sassuolo goes, I would agree with you in terms of the quality of the side. Kind of not what we were used to and whatnot, especially with the young talent that they produce, nurture and whatnot. And there's almost like it's been a switch in the league because Monza all, all of a sudden has kind of become that team that is yeah. really doing exceptionally well with the younger players. We're going to get to Monza as we get into some more score lines as they took on uh, Torino. Next up, Genoa and Verona, which ended up in a 1-0 victory for Genoa. I had this game uh, ending in a draw, um, but Genoa gets a win. Hey, Juve gets uh, you know uh, investigated for the Dragusin deal with uh, the uh, backside of it on the purchase of Cambiaso. Hey, I don't think we should be investigated at all. Based on that goal he scored in this one, we didn't charge enough. A fantastic finish from him on that volley. Giving Genoa the victory. Verona is struggling tremendously. They were very, very bad in this game. And to be honest, if Genoa could finish uh, even half decent in this one, it would have been a rout. And uh, if they could have killed this game off... There's no way Verona should have come late in there and almost bag a draw, which they very, very, they came very, very close to doing, um, and that just is a result of poor finishing from Genoa. But uh, we know they're missing their guy up top for Genoa. Rettigi would make a difference. He probably bags one of those opportunities if it falls at his feet. But uh, Verona is just uh, struggling there, and Genoa, to be honest, not expecting much from them uh, this season. But uh, yeah, big one there for uh, Genoa. Uh, Giardino's going to be happy about that one. Kind of keeping them uh, somewhat uh, safe with a little bit of a cushion there of five points on Cagliari, holding down the last uh, relegation spot, uh, you know, 18th there. Um, but uh, Verona, Verona is in the danger zone on eight points. And uh they're going to get relegated this year. I just don't – they don't have – they're a tricky team to play against because they're usually very good defensively. They're a hard team to break down. But even recently, I mean, look at the, the game against Juventus pretty recently. Juve could have had three or four goals if it wasn't for VAR. They're a little bit leakier than they have been in the past in the back. And what's really concerning for me with them is they don't really produce goals, and that's where I'd be worried about them, you know, stacking up. I do think as bad as Salernitana have been – they might get a little bit better with people and Zaghi as coach. He kind of comes in and plays a little bit more of an attacking style of football, which might help them a bit, pick up some points here. Yeah. Um, they have kind of a mountain to climb, but I just think that spells trouble for Verona and their hopes of staying out. That, that lack of goals might be a problem. 
for sure. I think losing Barak was huge. He was a big protagonist for them, um, and uh, that that one hurt. And I don't think they've uh, recouped. Uh, as far as Salernitana goes, still the only winless team this season. Inzaghi hasn't had as much a stimulus in the first month he's been there, but we'll see what happens. Um, We'll see what happens there. You know, they scraped a draw there uh, away at Sassuolo. They were in the lead 2-1 and then uh, let that equalizer in the 52nd minute. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what he can do, if he can kind of right the ship. But Verona is going to be struggling. I think I'm with you. I could see them bouncing out of Serie A this season. Uh, it was a much different side with uh, Juric there at uh, the wheel. And also some of the talent we talked about that they lost. Barak was a huge one, and they haven't recouped. Leche. Milan 2-2 all right oh my god so we've got uh, Milan firing looking good 2-0 up Giroud scoring doing what he's been doing this season for them and then uh, you know it's like they hit a wall in the second half and Lecce just takes it to them like takes it to Milan um, they end up drawing 2-2 on one of the goals, you've got the guy wearing your armband, Teo Hernandez, laying there on the friggin' pitch, not able to help the team. They go back. They end up getting the goal out of it, and it's just it's crazy. But uh, Leche also hits a post later on, and then they score another one to finish things off that gets called back for a foul on the stomp of the foot on Chia there. And I'm like, oh my God, talk about saving their asses on that yeah. one. But uh, this is a wild one. Giroud ends up getting uh, sent off for descent, ends up getting a two-game match, a two-match ban out of it. So he's facing a two-match ban now for them. And uh, man, everything is red hot with Pioli. Pioli is our first hot minute before we get to that your thoughts on Milan and this game and I mean they coming off the win against PSG in Champions League it was almost like their head was still in PSG I mean they went up 2-0 and then they just stopped you thought like after after the 2-0 you thought okay this team's they're probably gonna bag a third maybe they'll you'll put these guys away and you know this maybe this is a momentum shift you get that big win midweek you start to climb back up in the Serie A table you know fell off a little bit, maybe a little bit disappointed with the Juventus game, and it's, it's time to climb back a little. And then they just lost it, lost all of it. I, I I couldn't explain what I was seeing there from Milan because Milan in the last two years, I mean, you know, the year they won the Scudetto, they were this, like, mentality monster in that second half of that season. And even last year at times, yeah, they, they weren't to the heights they were the year they won the Scudetto, but they, they were a tough, tricky team to play against. And that second half, I mean, especially that second goal, the game tying goal that they concede. I mean, what is everyone doing there? It's almost like they're just watching this guy rip them from like 30 yards out. Like nobody moves. Mignan's late to it. It's just the whole thing is just really bad. It's really poor. And, um, you know, we're going to get into this with the hot topic and everything. But, you know, there's definitely a debate with Pioli and some of the players. And I, I think you could see where as a fan, you'd be frustrated with both sides because those players, they don't look like they belong in the AC Milan shirt, but also that lack of discipline to blow that two nil lead. And just to just, I don't know, just to take your hat out of it. That also some of that blame falls on your coach as well. I just was really frustrated by it. And I also think as a standpoint for some of the other big clubs, let you start the year pretty tough. They, they came back to reality a little bit. They're not a team that quits. They can be a real pain in the ass to play against, you know, yeah. But like 
I, I think that this was a good lesson to the rest of Serie A. Credit to them, you know, hey, 2 nils the worst lead to have in soccer. So credit to them, kind of fight back, get that draw. I think it'll be a pain for a lot of teams this year. Yeah, it's uh, Leche is, um, you know, going to be very happy with that. They're going to be, they were red hot out of the gates, started to level out. This one, I mean, they shouldn't have been back in this game. They really should not. Yeah, Credit yeah, to yeah. them for fighting, but this is more for me a, a Milan letdown, a big letdown. And, you know, there are a lot of Milan fans calling for Pioli's head. I'm going to ask you the question before we get into the hot minute to see if we're going to both tackle this or if we're going to just uh, go solos. Pioli out, yes or no? Not now, but at the end of the season, yes. And I'm kind of a no right now as well. So let's fire it up and let's take on the hot minute and I'll just kick things off real quick here. So Pioli out, I'm going to say no. Not right now. And I think the biggest thing for me is expectations. My expectations of this Milan going into this side, they're kind of right where I thought they would be. I had them around the fourth spot, and I think that's where they're going to finish the season at. I mean, I understand the expectations with the big clubs always being high, but you got to at some point look realistic. When I look at the midfield they've been trying to get by with, that Pioli's trying to get by with, it's nowhere good enough. So for me, keep them around. The only teams that make changes now, if you're a big club, is if you're going to fork out the money for a lot of big guys, all right? If you're not going to do that right now, the only clubs making changes are mid-table clubs. Not good enough. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's a no for right now. Um, You don't do that mid-season. I think Pioli can get you to the end of the year, get you back in the top four. At the end of the year, though, it just feels like maybe they need another shift, new management, kind of a new structure up there. Peely kind of represents the old days, so I think that's where the change comes. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And that's the first one out of the books here for the hot minutes, and that was Peoli. So we're both on out for now. Milan fans, you're not going to like it, but hey, that's, uh, that's our uh, view on it from the outside. Now we get to Juve and Cagliari. So... Man, the defenders doing it all for Juventus. Shutting the door and bagging the goals. Glacen Bremer, Rugani. Rugani with the dong shot seals it, okay? We had a little bit of a mishap there. Broke the clean sheet streak, okay? But all in all, it's okay. And some will say that uh, it's almost a blessing in disguise that Juve actually conceded because it'll keep us sharp going into that game against Inter, where we are going to have to be very, very sharp. But there's still a lot of concerns about the offense around this team. Lou, let's get your thoughts on our club that we support, Juventus. Yeah, I mean, listen, the style of football in the last month and a half has been brutal to watch. I think that we can all agree on that. But the results have come, and you have to give credit to where it's due. I think, personally, I've been thinking about this a lot, because for the non-Juventus fans here, Berto and I did do the recap of this episode and uh, for the all-Juve cast. But I think Allegri is kind of overachieving with this team. I mean, I think that despite the the uh, the performance and, you know, the results are really good. We've had a lot of injuries. I mean, Chiesa and Vlaovic cannot stay fit for long periods. I think that's part of the reason that, you know, the style is dropped a little bit. The midfield has some off-the-field issues that have affected it. Your two most creative players, Pogba Fajoli, no longer in the team for the rest of the year because of off-the-field-related issues. It's kind of lacked us a little bit there. And you know what? The strength right now is defense, and the defense is winning them games. I mean, I understand it's ugly. Is it sustainable? Who knows? We know they want to make some moves in January, but 
you got to give credit to what they're doing because with the amount of injuries and scandals off the field, it's amazing to think that they're two points off the top of the table. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be, we were uh, brutally honest. And for me, it's a, uh, it's a game. Now that one where kind of cements where my head was going. I started to say it earlier in the season and I got labeled as protecting Allegri and whatnot, but I'm going to be quite honest and frank about it. Our midfield needs help and a big, big boost in a desperate, desperate way. When I watched that Cagliari game, that's all I could think as I was watching it. We had acres of space, a ton of time, and these guys couldn't connect on five-foot passes. It was terrible to watch. I'm sorry, but hey, I want that progressive football. I want a team that can go through the gears. I want a team that can absolutely murder a team that wants to sit back like that and give us space. But the fact of the matter is I can also recognize when we just don't have those guys. And I've been saying it for a while now, even if I don't agree with it, this is working. It's silly to change something that is actually working right now. Your strength is in defense. You focus on that and you work through it. You work forward. We need recruitments in the winter mercado as far as the midfield goes and it has to be an attack-minded one um for me samardzic fits the bill it makes sense financially um and i'm also starting to like these links with these attacking mids rather than an actual out and out winger i like the links to sudakov i like the links to asperzian today and whatnot so those are intriguing to me and i would expect two of those pickups like a Samardzic and maybe a Sudikov, maybe a Spertian, and that makes sense for me. We know we're not going to splash money in the winter mercado. I think Berardi is out the window. Some of these yeah. loans, like a Jaden Sancho, potentially could happen. But for me, it, a, attacking midfielder makes the most sense. It's roles occupied by Meretti right now, who hasn't really excelled. No fault of his own. He's young, but he should be going out on a loan, you know? Yeah. And uh, But for me, I really don't think we have the guys in the middle of the park that can give you that game that the majority of the fans, myself included, want. And I'm coming to terms with that now and realizing it. When I watch them stumble through games like this, that should be straightforward. Cagliari was terrible, flat out, point blank, awful. And we couldn't impose ourselves in the middle of the pitch. And games are won and lost in the middle of the pitch. So for me... I'm starting to come to terms with that. You got to stick to what you're doing and don't change for the sake of trying to score more goals because you might start leaking them at the back because we see that. Well, and I, I think that's part of the part of the problem here is that when we were playing that really hot, and let's, to be fair to Allegri's credit, which I think a lot of people just overlook this, the first five or six games of the year, we were playing really high attacking football and we were conceding at certain points. Lots, you know, the Soswallow game that's, now influence, we were kind of shaky at the back, right? And that was a strength the year before. But then I think, you know, on top of the midfield, you had that those injuries to Kiesa and Vlavic. If you notice, when they started getting hurt, we reverted back into kind of the style. And unfortunately, add that to the amount of issues I mentioned in the midfield, you just have no continuity with these, like, big players who can play this extravagant football. So you're kind of down to your reserves, and you're left to play to what's your strength. It's your defense. That's it, you know. Keen, Millick, they're decent players, but they're not bagging in 20 goals a season. Like, you know, so that's kind of where you're at. Um, One thing I want to add, there is a big debate on Twitter about set-piece football. And I think that Juventus need to look at that more. And Juventus need to look at that more as a strength. You know, we have 
big, strong defenders. They can score on set pieces. That might help us in the goal department. So, you know. Any way you get goals, it, they all look the same on the scoreboard. And at the end of the day, if we're getting them on set pieces, on I, I could care less. If it's from the spot, if it's an open play, just get the goals, get the results. At the end of the day, it's all about the results. Right now, Juve's getting them. And they're right on Inter's trail with a big one coming up next. But the question coming out of this game, we end up finding out Locatelli has to leave the Azzurri, has to leave Coverciano. Br- fractured rib. Holy Christ. We both know about rib injuries. Absolutely oh. brutal. All right. And uh, he's doubtful. He's doubtful. Hans Nicolusi Cavilia's name has come up. A lot of fans say no, would not start him. I say yes. I know you say no. So that brings us to the second hot minute. All right, Lou, you're going to start this one off because you say do not start Hans Nicolusi Cavilia. Get set. Fire away, my friend. Yeah, so I, I just think we're going we're gonna to crap house our way to a 1-0 in this game. I think that's just the way we've been playing the last couple of weeks. So I think that McKenny Rabiot, and uh, Moretti, if he's fit, will be kind of enough to just grind that out and win 1-0. I love Hans. I hope that he gets a chance soon. Mons is probably a better fit, but this is too big of a game to, you know, risk a debut. Hmm. Hmm. All right. All right. Lou doesn't even need the full minute. He's ready to rock. Okay. I'm going to take on this minute. Okay. Hans Nicolusi Cavilla, I would start him. And the biggest reason why is because I think we're in a pick your poison moment with Weston McKenney. And the reason is because DiMarco does a lot for Inter. On the outside and I do not trust Cambiaso in that coverage I do not trust Timothy Weah in that coverage Kostic is by far the best defender out of all those guys he stays on the left side McKenney has been his best at right wing back I play him there Hans Nicolusi Cavilli I have no fear in starting him I heard the same thing about uh, Barnachea when he had to come in was fine Illing Jr and Illing Jr ended up playing a semi-final in the European competition uh, Fajoli had one year of Serie B Hans Nicolusi Cavilia has a season in Serie B. He has half a season last season with Salernitana, also playing some big games for them. I have no fear. I also stick to the guys that watch these guys train every single day, Mirko and Romeo, that tell us he's our best technical midfielder we have. Two-man pivot him and Rabio, Miretti just ahead of him. That's what I would do. But that's the hot minute. That's hey, the hot I just, minute. just to add, you know, despite what I picked, if he starts... I'd be more than happy to see the kid start because I like him. I like his story. You know, it's just a matter of opinion. I feel like this confidence that everybody has in Hoyson, Dean Hoyson was starting because of how composed, how mature he looks. I see that in Nicolusi Caviglia. And I actually feel he's more composed than Hoyson. And I would have no problems with it. So the fear that I get the fear that a lot have. I just don't have it. I, I, I would be okay with him in there. I think ultimately in the next month, we're going to see him have his breakout moment. I think it's a lot like Fajoli last year where it just took him a while to you know, find some space, find some playing time. But I, I, I do believe in the kid. He had a crazy story. For those who don't know, he was in Serie B at the start of – well, he's in Serie B, tours ACL, was in Serie B again, start of last year, play, performed so well that Salernitana brought him – back to the top flight for the second half of the year. He was kind of on the outs for most of this summer, worked his way back in the squad. Max, you know, and him have a very good relationship. Uh, I think eventually we see it. Um, we'll, 
between Inter and Monza, I think eventually we see him in that starting 11. Yeah, there's also talks about potential loan, and that's if we bring in targets. We'll have to see what happens. Monza and Torino, 1-1. Colpani, man. This guy just won't stop scoring. Won't stop scoring. Tight game. Uh, 1-1 draw. Monza's going to be happy. And again, we were talking about them, their little project they got going on. They're in ninth right now on 17 points. That's only three out of sixth. Like, Monza is doing extremely well. And uh, yeah, they're just a fun team to watch in how they approach the games and how they play, regardless of who the opponent is. So actually... I enjoy watching uh, Monza, but Colpani, holy man, there's going to be clubs going for him in the summer, I feel, without a doubt. You'd have to expect that. Yeah. I mean, he he's, you know, Juventus have been attracted with a lot of just really big and attractive names, but I think that Colpani is someone that we need to lock in on. That's a guy that I think could make a huge difference with us. I know that Inter are really interested in him. He's just such a good player, and he earned his Azuri call-up, like, yeah. you know, the performances this year. I mean... Which are getting players. vibes of Barella, man, when we wanted Barella yeah. so bad. And it was like, man, Juve's got to get in. I want to hear that we're, like, at least getting after it, like, uh, <laughs> Uncle Pani, because I really believe we should. He's on six goals this season so far with Monza. That's tied for third with Osimhen and Gonzalez, and uh, only one behind Giroud. We know Lotaro is absolutely crushing it when it comes to the Capo Canineiro, but Colpani, my God, man, uh, what what a season so far. And like you said, Azzurri call-up for him, well-deserved. Yeah. Napoli, Empoli, 1-0, Empoli, in a game I thought was going to be a rout. Wow, huge shock here, okay? Empoli's hope in this one was a smash and grab, but I will say this. They actually played a good game. They There was quite a few sections through that game where they had Napoli on the ropes. Um, Napoli is going to have chances in this one. Cavara especially, where he's going to be looking at himself, thinking, man, I got a berry, and he could not. Eventually, Kovalenko with an absolutely beautiful strike. What a fantastic goal. Wins it for Empoli. And Garcia is out. And then the hiring that just had me shocked. Mazzari in. Lou, take us take us through this right now. Your thoughts on uh, Napoli and where they're at right now? I mean, you could just see that the everything that everyone's been saying about Napoli just looking like a shell of themselves from the team that won the Scudetto last year with Spalletti and, you know, the Rudy Garcia experiment, which, by the way, you know, talking to some some of my Napoli mutuals, I, we were discussing this at the beginning of the season. You know, Rudy Garcia is was a weird fit, and then we'll go into that more in detail. But he was a weird fit, and I think that you just the, the Carvascalia chances missed there. He looks like a play like a different player from last year. He's someone who's really suffered under Rudy Garcia, and this game to me really highlighted all the issues that Napoli have had since Garcia took over, which is. You know, not the same passion, not the same aggression they had last year. Carbascalia hasn't been to the maybe the level he was at this, at this time last year. They had a big loss with Kim at the back, and they just look like a dead club to me. And I think that's why you saw the change afterwards was they just the, – the vow of life, really. And they should have robbed the Empley team. I mean, losing one, though, the Empley, they're not a good team. I, it's yeah. amazing they're above relegation, in my opinion. I mean, they, don't, they barely score any goals. So, like, yeah. it was just a really bad loss. Now the new hire, Walter Mazzari, 
I don't know if it's much better. I know that Napoli fans have him in esteem, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pull it up right now. And we might as well get into it. Did Garcia have to be fired? Yes or no? Let's rock. Yes, he had to be he had to be fired. But the the other question in this is it was Mazzari the guy. I, I don't know necessarily that that was a good hire. Now, I do think Garcia, that Napoli team is is in serious trouble. I think that, you know, if they look at things, they may think maybe we could catch a Juventus, you know, if we if we sack someone and get someone in here, you know, with a loss to Inter and then they play us later in the year. But Rudy Garcia, whatever was going on there, none of those players look happy between Oshiman, Carvaskilia, they're a shell of themselves. I will defend him slightly here. The Napoli management did not really do him much service. They lost Kim, didn't really replace him, didn't really add any new players over the summer. I think that's a common theme with a lot of these coaches that are on the hot seat. You know, you can even say for Max Allegra and Juventus, the Serie A sides didn't really help out anyone this summer. And I think that Rudy Garcia, it just had, it was time. It was time. Yeah, I'm going to get into this here and uh, I'm going to say maybe no. No, and it's going to shock people because I think the results and losing to Empoli is so hard to defend. There is no defending for it. But again, when I watch this game, this team doesn't have the mojo. These guys don't have the consistency, the form that they were showing last season. Ultimately, like it's not really a full no for me because you just got to hire somebody that's not Mazzari. What did I say earlier with Pioli? If you're going to make the changes now, it can't be like all these other mid-table clubs that pull in these managers that it's like, are we even making up a, a, a boost, an upgrade? I know Mazzari's going to have some type of uh, allure to the Napoli fans because of the past and everything, but ultimately, I don't really think uh, it was all a fair shake for Garcia, but to be honest, also looking at it, he should have never been in there. So to be honest, I'm going to say yeah. Yeah, he needed to go. He needed. That's to just go. he was he was just a bad hire. And the last thing I'll say about Napoli is we were we we used to brand of football from Napoli, which Spalletti kind of perfected last year, which is high attacking football dating back to the sorry days. Um, and Garcia is the opposite of that. Anytime they go the opposite of that, it's always struggled. And I do have a little bit of concern for Napoli mutuals. No Gentoli, ADL kind of makes all the decisions there. I worry a little bit with that. You know, because they had kind of this momentum going. And it's always tough when you have a shift at the top. We saw from Beppe Morata, the Fabio Paratici. It's a lot unknown there. So I, I, I do think there's some concerns with the upper management, you know, going forward. Maybe some of their hires. Yeah, and I will say this. While I started off saying, no, they shouldn't have just because the change in it. At the end of the day, yeah, I got to go back on that and just stick to yes and agree with you. He, he shouldn't have ever been hired in the first place. You saw some changes that the players were reacting to in a negative way earlier on in the season too. Like they weren't on the same page, but then all of a sudden they did go on a decent little run, started to look like they were going to get back in things. If they didn't drop this game, they would have had very close eyes. They still will have close eyes on what happens between Juventus and Inter, but they would have been right back, like one win potentially of being right back in the race, depending on what happened in that matchup, especially with Milan starting to have the wheels come right off the wagon. But ultimately they didn't get it and this was a bad one to lose and you just can't do it to Empoli and you can't do it at the Meradona. So yeah, heads are gonna roll. The one thing I will say, I will agree with how ADL did it in the sense that it's a one year. So to me, ADL knows this is not the guy 
he wants long term. He's just a caretaker essentially for now. So that part of it makes sense. He didn't even want to commit to Tudor for two years. So I I am curious like where they'll go with Walter Mazzari. Like what will be kind of the style? Like will he clamp things up because they're missing that Kim presence in the back, you know, and they've been a little leaky. Will they clamp, clamp things up? Or, you know, when he was coaching Napoli, they had a really devastating front three of Hamsik, Levetsing, and Cavani that scored a lot of goals. So yeah. will it be more of that? Will it be something that's like, hey, we're just going to – we're going to work where our strength is, which is our attack, and, you know, try to concede as few as possible. I I, I don't know. I'll be curious to see that experiment. The last time well, in the club this big, that Napoli team wasn't as big as this one, right, that just came off the Scudetto and everything. You know, when he was at Inter, not expectations were higher, not very good. I, I'm curious to see him in this in this role at this level that Napoli have not reached. Yeah, hey. Never a dull moment around City. Yeah, we'll see what happens there with Mazzari's era at uh, Napoli here. Fiorentina to Bologna one, breaking Bologna's unbeaten streak for like 11 games, okay? Since uh, the second game they lost to, I believe it was Milan, um, they went on a tear, not losing a game for 11 straight. Well, here we go. Fiorentina did get the job done. This was a wild game. Two of the goals ended up being PKs in this one and chances for both sides Bologna is still going to be very very happy with their season I think for Fiorentina it's uh you know a mixed bag with them too they're playing uh European competition they're maybe a little bit stretched and I think it's just going to be one of those sides you know they're strong but I don't think they can figure out more than just plan a when it's not going according to plan and maybe some more game management skills need to play in for them to take that next level. So for me, they're always going to be that, you know, six to eight type club right now under Italiano until they can manage out of those moments and scenarios and games where their plans don't go according to plan. I really don't see the uh, adapting from his side. And that's the only knock I can really have on them other than some inconsistency in front of goal. And when you're looking at this team and Bonaventura is one of your top goal getters or whatnot, it's telling you that they've lost the firepower right at the top and their goal scorers are their midfielders. And, uh, you know, if he had that, then they could be a really, really scary side. But uh, I still see game management as maybe being the big issue here with Fiorentina. Bologna, though, I like what they're doing. Malta's doing a hell of a job. Um, I'm going to ask you a question here. Do you think Bologna cracks into the European places? Right now, they're at 18 points, two points out of uh, fifth place, held down by Atalanta. Do you think they finish in a European spot by the end of the season? It's going to be tough. I hate to pick against them because I think it's a really cool story. But I'm going to say no. I kind of think... Towards the end of the season, you know, as bad as they've been this year, we'll talk about them a little bit later. I think Roma's going to snag that fifth spot. Hmm. They kind of turn upward as the season goes on. I, I, they're right there on 18 points, I believe, 18 or 17. Because Atalanta's uh, fifth with 20, and Fiorentina's on sixth spot with 20 points as well. And then just outside, you've got Roma on 18, Bologna on 18. So I think, it's I tight. I think Roma may sneak in there. I, I just – they seem to trend better as the season goes on, right? They, they're, they're prepped for like deep European runs. I think they'll probably go deep into Europa. They have some talent that hasn't really put together there. So I think they're probably in line for six. So I would say no to Bologna. But 
the may I they'll probably end up right where they are in the table. I think I think that's a good spot for them. If I'm looking at Atalanta, Atalanta for me is so Jekyll and Hyde this year. Um, we've got their game coming up next against Udinese, and I'm gonna say it right now. I wouldn't be surprised if Atalanta or Fiorentina that are two points ahead of uh, Roma and Bologna right now, I could see any of those four sides nabbing those last two spots uh, for the European uh, spot. So uh, it could go any way. But uh, yeah, Fiorentina, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think uh, Atalanta, man, they're just weird this year. They're not themselves. Well, I think Atalanta, I think they've gotten found out a little bit. The, the Gasparini is, is starting to burn some bridges there a bit. It's disconnecting in the last year. I don't see that same kind of passion they had a couple of years ago. And I just think that, you know, they've been running the same brand of football for now it's like five, six seasons now. I think they're just a little found out and it's just not sustainable for a full uh, season the way it's been in the, this version of it in the last like two or three years. So I, I think that they'll probably miss out on that spot. I'm, I mean, they all could get it, but out of the four, I think they're probably my last pick to get it. I think that I think that they're behind Roma, Bologna, and Fiorentina, despite where they are on the table now. I think that yeah. those three guys can pass them. Um, the one, my other takeaway from this game, uh, I agree with you, what you said about Italiano, the man management. Some of these coaches in this offensive, you know, prowess, I think maybe that's the difference with like a Bologna to a Fiorentina. Tiago Motta, maybe not as attacking as an Italiano in that offensive prowess, but he knows how to get in and just get the result, right? Which is so important for a team at this level trying to get into that top four, the top five, to make that jump. It's get in, get the result, right? Tiago Motta was a player for big clubs. He understands that. Italiano sometimes, when they, some, some of these offensive coaches, they understand that. And when I watch Fiorentina, they don't get that. So I agree with you on that. Um, there is some... There's some bright spots for Fiorentina. I think that maybe give them another year, a new stadium, maybe some more revenue. They can maybe make a couple of signs and try to push for that, you know, yeah. top four, top five. But I just think they're not there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Bologna is Bologna plays good football. This, this was a good game. They could have easily um, taken this. It could have gone either way. I thought it was going to be a draw, but uh, Fiorentina pulls it. Actually, I picked Bologna to win, um, but I like what they're doing. I like uh, Molta's approach. I will say this, very business-like how he's going through with that club. It would be incredible if they can hit their goal of uh, a top six finish. Udinese, Atalanta, we talked about this one. 1-1, one, one, it ends. And uh, this is an Udinese with one match that they've won this season. And Atalanta... Couldn't take advantage of it. To be honest, Udinese played very well in this one. They missed a PK very early. Success uh, had no success on his PK and uh, missed that one. But uh, they played well. Good chances. Um, Samardzic continues to put in good shifts. Hit the bar on this one uh, with an insane shot as he cut in centrally. Uh, smoked it with his left foot. Comes out. He settles it on rebound and uh, slots it over to Walls, who ends up getting a goal off a deflection. But, again, when you miss too many chances like Udinese did, you give chance to that other team to get the equalizer. Atalanta did very, very late through Ederson. So Atalanta, very fortunate for this one point or they'd be holding down a European spot by one point. I just don't have the confidence in Atalanta. They are not the same team. They are, yeah, they're just... Uh, 
very, very hit and miss from one match to the next. And even in the games they look good in, the goals aren't coming the way they were for them previously. So that's the thing is that you could still see those performances from them where they're playing really good football, very, very much on the throttle, high press, but they're not getting reward with the goals like they were so easily in years previously. So call it Zapata leaving. Uh, they, we know they sold um, uh, Rasmus there to uh, Man U and whatnot, uh, but uh, the goals aren't coming this season. So Atalanta, I think, is going to struggle the rest of the way out. The Derby della Capitale, Lazio, Roma, nil, nil. There was more hype in this one due to the coaches than there was the actual teams and their form because they've been quite poor, to be honest, for the most part. Yeah. And Lazio's coming off a season where they were second place. And I said at the start of the year, absolutely zero chance this team gets anywhere near that again. And I didn't have them in my top four whatsoever going into this one. And uh, losing Malinkovic-Savage hurt big time but uh yeah and roma roma's just been dealing with a lot of injuries man pellegrini renato sanchez dibala um they had uh, defenders of smalling out and whatnot like they just had a ton and they're trying to work through it lukaku picking up lukaku was a boost for them and he has been doing his job and he has been scoring but for the most part yeah they're really really hurting if you're not going to have those guys in there consistently this team will struggle and with that amount of injuries i don't think it's a surprise that they started the year the way they have uh, but they are getting themselves back into where they should be which is battling for those spots fifth and sixth, where i think they should be are they going to crack top four i would say no I think they'll be in that fifth or sixth spot for Roma. I don't see them getting in the top four. I think Napoli's going to be safe in the top four, and I think Milan will level out and get there too. I think it's hard for those these other clubs to really pass those teams. I can't see Milan falling right off to where they don't get top four, and same with Napoli. No, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Napoli, they're a little bit harder to predict because I think they have the talent to stay in, but like it's just the Mazzari thing. It's just... We don't really know what we're gonna get there. That's the the weird yeah. thing. Like he just he went from inter to like mid table clubs. So like it's just that, that's hard. But I, I probably agree. I think that Roma at best is probably a fifth place team. They're they're working on trying to make another deep Europa League run. That's kind of what they've been accustomed to the last couple of years. Get to Europa League, make a run, trying to get in the Champions League that way. Um, yeah. To the credit, I mean they almost have you know once before. So. I think that you're spot on about Roma, that they need to get healthier. Lazio are just a bad team this year, and I almost feel bad for Sarri because I don't necessarily think he's the whole problem. You have an aging striker in a mobile You lost Milinkovic-Savage. It's kind of the end of an era there, right? And the Sakani's been hurt for a while. Yeah, Sakani, not the same player. Like, I, It's like an end of an era, and I think that there are replacements they brought in the summer are either not ready or just – not good enough. I mean, even someone like Bravella really hasn't made his mark. And I know as Juventini, we were really excited about him this year, but in his spell at Lazio, he hasn't really done anything. I think he maybe he's made one start since he started been there. So um, they're just very disappointed in me. I, I didn't think they'd be in the top four, but I didn't think they'd be as bad as they were. Um, yeah. And they're, uh, you know, there are fans out there that are shocked at uh, Rovella, you know, not getting uh, more minutes uh, than what he has. But uh, again, not really doing much with it. But the whole team in general, this team does not play like a sorry side. It's very, very strange to watch. But 
the things that you grew accustomed to watching from Saudi uh, aren't really coming through. And to be fair, they didn't really with Juventus at all. And we know what he said there, that uh, these players are untrainable. Well, has he got another side of untrainable players? I don't really believe so. So I, I don't really like know. Players are untrainable. I just think that they had a dip off in quality from this year to last year. I mean, Milinkovic Savage, huge loss there, right? I mean, that's a huge player to big, replace. Big, big loss. Yeah, and then for them. When you think about Immobile, I know he gets a lot of flack for the national team, but in Serie A, he has been tremendous, right? And it's not that he's terrible, but he's not the same guy that three, four years ago is going to bag you like, you know, cap on Cagliari, you know, push you to the end of the line. I think w without Sakanya being consistent up front, they just struggle a little bit to me. I do have to add, though, I did like the little bromance between Sari and Mourinho. They kind of nipped at each other all week in the press. And then, you know, like men just kind of put it behind. It's like a, it's a callback to football from the past, right, where men just kind of argued a little bit. And then we're just like, yeah, it's part of the game. That was oh, yeah. Cool. Good so, for Syria. Immobile with like – the most minute, Luis Alberto, he's sitting at like a thousand minutes, a uh, thousand twelve minutes. Uh, all twelve games, uh, he's started um, three goals and assists for him. Chiro Mobile on three goals with six hundred and sixty-two minutes. Um, yeah, he hasn't played um, as much as they really need because when the goals aren't coming from him, yeah, they're just really not coming from anybody else, man. Uh, you look across that lineup, Vecino's got two, okay? Zaccani with one, Castellanos with one, Camada with one. I do like Camada. I think he's a good player. Felipe Anderson yeah, with one. This team's just struggling for goals. Like, even if if Chiro Immobile had half the amount of minutes of what they played this season, okay, is tied for you in leading your team with goals, you got an issue there. You got an yeah. issue there. Like, I mean, you're lucky there's just sustainability at your project. He's 32, 33 years old. I mean, like, you have to understand that, like, hey, like, coming to the end here, I, I just, I almost wonder if, like, Lotito spited himself this summer by doing a deal with Michael Savage and the way it went down, where it's like maybe they could have did that, you know, a summer before, or maybe they could have did it at a proper time so they could reinvest those funds. It you just, just have to have the coverage. You just yeah. gotta be. You just gotta be covered, right? But they just—they really haven't. They really haven't, and they're—they're uh, they're struggling for it. Uh, but yeah, it's not typical of a Saudi side to struggle for goals, you know. And uh, man, twelve games, thirteen goals scored for Lazio. Like, that bad. is weak. That bad. is weak. That's gonna spell trouble for results. And uh, yeah. They're, uh, they got off to uh, a really, really brutal start and then started to pick it up. Overall, there are five wins, two draws, five losses, 17 uh, points, you know. So they're still in the mix to get in there and fight for those fifth and sixth spots. Um, if they're going to fight for four, they better get rolling, but they better start scoring. And that's where I think the trouble is going to lie for them. All right. Inter. Two, Frozenoni nil. Incredible goal from DiMarco in this one. But got to ask you the question: Did he mean to? I don't think so. I I don't I, think so. But it doesn't matter. It was spectacular it was either way. Funny, just like it, just the way the ball moved and everything. Like good on him. I like. Yeah, DiMarco's it was player. spectacular nonetheless. You know, hate the club he plays for, but like DiMarco the player, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, we hate uh, praising Inter uh, whatsoever, you know, but uh, we'll keep it professional on this one whatnot. But uh, that goal simply deflated Frozenoni, who had a, actually a good a good bout of play up until that moment when it was nil-nil. That goal really hurt in the second. You got Taram running at the D and uh, getting the PK. Everybody pissed off about this one. It's a PK. It's a PK. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's it's soft, but it's a PK. It reminded me exactly of Fabio Grosso in 2006, that World Cup, a game against Australia. The defender, as soon as you go to ground, you throw yourself in there, you make yourself suspect to it. And I get it that Taram kicks into his legs and whatnot, but it is it, it technically is just, a trip. I think the outrage has less to do with the fact that it's a soft PK and more of the fact that like when people talked about like VAR, like when it was coming through... It was like the the PK is like the Grosso one where you're like, ah, oh, like maybe VAR could overturn that. And then like the kind of the, just the general anger at VAR from this year, I feel like just like it is it's, what built that argument, you know? Because they're like, oh, well, he could have avoided that one. Not sure he could have, but it doesn't change the fact that there was contact there. The player left himself open to it and it is what it is. There is no such thing as they don't look at contact as soft or heavy to make yeah. the calls. The only time they do that is in if they're questioning reckless behavior, reckless tackles or whatnot. Then they look at force. But in the state of just normal rules, they will not look at force. So it was a PK. Inter 2-0. They are the team to beat. And now that's the final game wrapping up round 12. Next round, Atalanta, Napoli is a big one. Milan, Fiorentina is an interesting one. And then, of course, the Derby d'Italia, Juve, Inter. Inter is the team to beat. I say all the pressure is on them. Do you agree or disagree with me on that? Oh, 100%. I think Inter, by far, on paper, they're set up. They're the best Italian team. They have the most experience, I think, right now. I mean, experience won that game against Frosinone, right? Like, that was that, that's a team that, you know, was in the Champions League final that won the Scudetto to three years ago, however long it was. Like, they still got a lot of composed for that team. They got the deepest roster. I, They're the favorite. Don't let them fool you. Beppe Morata trying to play a little mind games ahead of that game. But Yeah, but, you know, a little battle there. And I liked what uh, Claudio Ranieri said in terms of uh, Max always brushing off, saying, look, we're only going for top four. Ranieri says, look. He goes, his team's going to go for everything. He's like, yeah. we're all liars, he says, as coaches. We're all liars. And I absolutely loved it. Ranieri's a beauty. He's hanging on to his job by a thread. Uh, but he's a great, great manager in general. Uh, just watching him. Uh, what he's done in Italian football is always great to watch. And uh, what he did with Leicester was incredible. It's a great story. Ranieri's just a beauty. He's just a beauty yeah. of a guy. Um, great, great stories around him. Uh, love the guy. That was very, very funny when he dropped that one. Now that big game, we're going to get into the preview of it, no doubt, next week um, with uh, the Serie A roundtable, okay? But your standings, Inter, 31 points, okay? Juve right behind him, 29 points. There is a gap now with AC Milan, who has started to fall off at 23 points. Napoli struggling, 21 points. Is it a two-team race? Can things change if Juventus wins this? I'm going to be quite honest. I've always said that this race this season would go down to the wire, but I would be lying if I said I only thought it was going to be two teams in the mix. But I am not convinced by any of them, and I think that 
there's definitely more points getting dropped, even between Juventus and Inter, but I am less convinced that Milan or Napoli can get in there and make that run. Mazzari's a little bit of a wild card here. We've kind of talked about that this episode. But I think it's going to be a two-team race. I think it is. And is this game going to be that crucial, that deciding game? No, I don't think it is. But it's going to be very, very... Uh, I don't think it's a decider, but I think I think Pirlo put it best day. It's not it's not a decider, but the momentum's going to shift on the way, yeah. and I think that's where it it becomes almost a decider because I think if you're Inter right and you're able to gain that four point cushion, you know Juventus is scheduled next month, not very easy. It's yeah. it's Inter Monza, who knows what Napoli is, Roma. I, I know Roma isn't very good, but Mourinho picks up points against Allegri. He always has. It's yeah. a tough. That's a tough. Five game. point cushion. Yeah. So you have five point cushion, no Champions League after next month. You know, you gotta worry a little bit about momentum, right? Yeah. So I think that's a good catalyst for them. Same could go for Juventus now. I know that they only get a point lead there, but to get that top of the table, to get that sniff at the top of the table for a young team that isn't necessarily fully fit, make a couple of signings in January, gain a little momentum there, kind of like we did in 11 12. The expectation is kind of off. You're playing with house money. I, that could help them in that sense. I think it's a momentum booster for whatever team, and it could carry one of them to the title. Man, it's going to be intense, okay? Bastoni is high doubt. Chalanoglu had to leave today, the Turkish national side. He's got a knock. Locatelli might not be playing, all right? You've got Moise Keane struggling with something. Medetti's got lower back pains. Who knows who the hell is going to be in the lineup right now? We have for to like wait a and see. Nil mid off. We could be in for a nil nil mid off. Dude, that <laughs> is going to be one hell of a derby d'Italia with so much in it. The anticipation is already uh, through the roof for that one, okay? But now we got to turn our attention to the Azzurri. Set to play their arch nemesis, who they become, North Macedonia tomorrow. Talked about injuries, a ton of injuries. Bastoni's out there. We talked about Mancini getting called back in there. I think Mancini's junk. I'm just going to be flat out honest. Roma fans, I'm sorry if you like the guy or whatnot. I think he's just junk, but it is what it is. Uh, Rugani, in my opinion, should have got a call even ahead of Toloi or whatnot. Um, doesn't get the call. And I would have called him ahead of Mancini, to be honest, based on his For form. Sure. And the way he's been. But uh, it is what it is. Beragi been brought back. Jorginho brought back. And if the PTSD wasn't already at an all-time high with a fear of maybe missing out on this uh, tournament, Spalletti says he's going to take the PKs if we get him. So uh, let's just talk about the Azzurri. I've got the uh, projected lineup, okay? I am going to actually bring it into the feed here so we can just kind of discuss it this is what we're uh, slated to see against north macedonia tomorrow i'm gonna credit to uh, i believe it's uh, iftv who drew up this graphic okay and we're gonna pull it up right here there it is so this is your lineup i'm gonna try to uh bring it up here it's yeah it's coming in a little tough there to see but that's okay here um you've got uh the front line of berardi Raspadori, Chiesa. Okay, in the middle you've got Jorginho, Barella, Bonaventura. Then you got Di Marco, Acerbi, Gatti set to start with Darmian on the right back position and Donnarumma in goal. Uh, Lou, what do you, what do you think? I 
it, this is really hard because like, you look at the names on paper and you're like, ew, gross, right? But I, based on form, it's not the it, – it's a good lineup based on some of the form and what we have at our disposal. I think that it's probably close to the best 11. Uh, I do like Gatti getting in there. Darmian, I understand like it's weird seeing him in the Azuri setup, but I think you know for what they have, he's been very solid for Inter. I think that's fair that he plays – in that game, he's got a little bit of experience, which will help us a bit. Um, the midfield, I don't have a problem with the Jorginho call up necessarily, especially given the Locatelli in, uh, uh, injury. We knew that Cristante had some problems as well. Jorginho's in good form for Arsenal, for what it's worth. Uh, again, brings a little bit of experience that this team kind of needs, uh, especially for this match. The front line. I, I think the front lineup is probably the best three that we could occupy. I think Raspadori has been amazing for the Azuri. Chiesa, I mean, he speaks for himself. And Berardi's form for us to swallow. I know that gives some people some PTSD for how bad he was the last time he played North Macedonia and what happened after that. I, I think that his form speaks for, you know, justify starting him in this game. So I don't really hate the lineup. It's just not, it's not pleasing on the eye based on like what we're used to as Italy fans. Yeah. And I would have to agree with that. And I, you know, I gave IFTV credit, but I might have to take it back because the quality was so bad on the, like, get the font bigger. Come on, you guys. Like, I had to zoom in there. I had to take myself out of the picture. Anyways, that lineup at the back, at least I like the fact that uh, Gatti is in there next to Acerbi. Uh, I'm okay with that. Um, Darmian on the right side, not the best. DiMarco, I have no problems with. Donnarumma, I have no problems with. Jorginho, back in there, is very interesting to me. But, uh, again, if I'm looking at the names and guys available and whatnot, Locatelli having to go out, it kind of is what it is. Spalletti says he's been impressed by him in training leading up to this and everything. He, he, he was out of the Arsenal team last year. And now he's like right back in as a regular yeah. starter. Well, a lot of good and playing good minutes for them. So I, 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 it's, it's tough because of how everything ended with the yeah. World Cup. But they, they need, at this point, we have all hands on deck. We need anything that you can give us, any form of life you can give this Azuri team. I'll, I'll take it, you know? Yeah. It's that feeling after that big failure of bringing guys that were kind of associated there. Like we kind of all said, we're done with Jorginho and Signe, Mobile, like just move on, usher in the next wave and go to it. So when you get somebody that is closely tied to that huge failure, even if they were tied to that huge success of the Euros, it's going to sting a bit. But ultimately I can make sense of that one and I can get over it. Bonaventura has been playing great this season. Um, I have no problems with him starting. It's North Macedonia. I have no problems with that. I'd have no problems with him starting against Ukraine, to be honest. Uh, Barella. Barella's a lock. Berardi, Rasparori, Chiesa. I have no problems with it. I have no problems with it at all. Um, Chiesa has to play for the Azzurri. Has yeah. to. Has to be in the lineup. Raspadori, for me, it's kind of... Up top there, his position to lose, I feel. And I think he's ultimately kind of going to be the guy that we need to look to. He's funny because while not being a main starter, he is now because of Osman's injury, he scores like crazy. He scores no, like crazy. He, he's he's a really just rock-solid talent. I He was great last year even when Osman was playing. Remember the games that he scored a hat-trick, I think, against Ajax and one against Liverpool in the Champions League last year. 
What's yeah. the last time an Italian player has done anything that notable? Been a long time, he's, right? He, he's he's just, a good player. And the way he plays, I think, is going to help us tremendously because it's not your prototypical target type guy, bigger physique, whatnot, but he's going to move around a ton. I like the way he plays. He's very direct, but he moves around a lot, and he's very skilled, good dribbler, and he can strike from range. That's another yeah. part of the game that we kind of need, like... We need guys with the Azzurri that can start shooting from these positions just outside the area. I feel like the Azzurri for under Mancini tried to be too cute a lot of the time. And I need us to get back to just banging in the goals no matter how the hell they come. But uh, Spalletti, so far we've only seen a couple matches, okay? But there are some interesting scenarios and sequences coming in the play that you could see that are looking in a good direction if we can get the chemistry there with certain players in terms of the ball movement and yeah. how they try to free up that space to strike in and around the area with just some quick one twos look for that penetrating pass or at least threaten that penetrating mm -hmm. run to open up some space there are some unique sequences there that we haven't seen for some time now with the Azzurri since that failure and the struggles Mancini just kind of hit a wall and nothing was really happening so I'm intrigued by Spalletti but the ultimate question is do you think Italy qualifies straight through no playoffs uh, I think they're gonna get I think they're gonna end up in the playoffs I do It, it's it, I just don't have an I it's not Spalletti thing I think that I'm encouraged by Spalletti I think yeah. that we may finally see the version that he wants with this lineup. I mean, it, it's it's really intriguing in that regard. Like, I think the lineup suits the way that he wants to play. All those players can kind of play in that style. And I like the fact that he's, you know, open to trying to Darmian, who, you know, has been around for a while, but like, you know, hey, maybe there's something to rediscover there. You know, Berardi, some of these other guys, he's trying everything he can. I just... This team just it lacks so much just confidence and faith and just like drive. It's it's not the same as it was before. So I, I think that if they, I think that they're gonna struggle in this game. I think they'll probably beat Ukraine in the next one. But I, I'm a little bit worried about this one for them. I think they win both games. I think they win both games. I think tomorrow we will win sound. A sound win, I think, a 2 0. Ukraine is going to be a grind. I think the Ukraine game is going to be a grind. I could see it being a draw, depending how that game goes tomorrow. Well, we should have goal differential advantage. So I actually say Italy qualifies for the Euros without playoff. I say we get in. God, I hope so because I can't do another playoff. <laughs> On that note, okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to leave it at that. Hey, it's all to play for. Tomorrow, the Azzurri face North Macedonia. It's got to be a win. And then we got to take care of business with Ukraine too, all right? Can Spalletti's men get it done? Dealing with some injuries, a lot of injuries. But the lineup, still okay. Maybe not what we're used to with the Azzurri. Still going to have some complaints here or there. But, hey, the game. Yeah, some patience. They Spalletti needs some time. He needs some time. He needs some yeah. time. The, and he got thrown into a bit of a shitty situation with Mancini and the way it all ended and everything. And the fact that you're mid-campaign, actually a little over mid-campaign for qualifying. Yeah, it, it, it was a tough spot. So I feel for Spalletti on that one. But I think the boys will come through. I think the lads come through and they will qualify. All right, that wraps up the Calcio Review, Lou.
absolute pleasure my man thank you for joining me on this one i hope you all enjoyed the chat and do not forget next week it's the Syria roundtable where inter milan napoli juve even lazio are all going to be represented might even have roma represented okay and we are going to preview round 13 and of course there's going to be a lot of talk about the big derby d'italia that hasn't been one this big for several several years okay hope to see you all there again drop a like on this video and subscribe to the calcio review until next week we'll see you then ciao tutti take care and forza azzurri let's go take care of business everybody Ciao.